We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 24th edition of the Rotoware NFL Podcast. Boy, I think it's week 11 now. It's in the books. I'm Joe Bartle, and joining alongside me, as always, Jake Letarski. Uh, before we get into the meat of the free agent podcast, first, a word from our sponsors, Prop Swap. Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart sports bettors use Prop Swap. You can always find the best odds on Prop Swap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for your price you think is fair and then buy it. Prop swap sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Just use the promo code ROTO500. That's promo code ROTO500, and Prop Swap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or Download the PropSwap app. All right, we are entering week number 12. There are no buys this week. There are two buys in week 13, the Panthers and Buccaneers. So be mindful of that if your playoffs start week 13. You could be potentially missing Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and if Chris McCaffrey were to play, the number one overall fantasy running back. So keep that in mind. Uh, It's something Mm -hmm. that I was aware of to start the season. It's kind of a frustrating thing because, again, there are a lot of leagues where playoffs could start week 13. But just be preparing for that um and i mean like if you watch monday night's game at all maybe you don't even want to prepare for tom brady anyway because he kind of stunk yeah yeah this is a brutal game and i I, yeah to just build off that i mean i i I was like bye weeks are done i was ready to declare it and then of course you reminded (laughs) me before the show nope we got a couple more week 13 and i think the fantasy norm is for the playoffs to start week 14 and go 14 15 16 i think i've said it a hundred times on this pod but if your league plays week 17 quit that league um but 14 15 and 16 are the bye weeks here are the playoff weeks and yeah that's going to be tough with the bye week week 13 but uh Man, I'm in a real tough dilemma here because, you know, I spent zero on quarterback because for whatever reason in this league, and I'm sitting there having to pick between Tom Brady and Matt Ryan each week. And obviously Matt Ryan didn't do anybody favors with a five-point week. And, I mean, Tom Brady at least got his two touchdowns, but he threw two picks and – 
you know, I'm getting ready for college basketball season over here. Everything's all about the eye test. You could tell from earlier in this game, like Brady didn't look good. Like you're thinking he's going to get picked eventually. And he was overthrowing wide open guys. You know, he, he missed Antonio Brown on his shot. There's the one bad overthrow that he, you know, threw right to the defensive back. To end the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just... He, he doesn't look good, and, you know, people might write that off as, oh, you know, it's past his bedtime playing primetime games, that kind of thing. You know, he is getting to his mid-40s now, I suppose. But uh, when it comes to the eye test there, I mean, there's just – I don't know if I feel great about that. Now, Tampa will emerge 7-4, and four, but I think games like that uh, like that New Orleans one, for example, we might see some more of that. So I get real nervous uh, as someone who's rostering Tom Brady, fortunately only in one league, but uh, that could – easily turn into a streaming quarterback league as I head towards the playoffs. Well, it's hard to rationalize because just the week before, the Panthers' defense, which has really been quietly very good this year for all the young pieces they added, and we were all expecting the Panthers' defense to be terrible, they've been at least average. I think if you could even give mm-hmm. it more given the circumstances. And yet Brady threw for 340 yards and three touchdowns. He ran in for another one with the QB sneak uh, mm-hmm. in that Week 10 game. But then you're right. I mean, you talked about that Saints one. That was 209 yards, three interceptions. He never looked comfortable at all in that contest. So I don't – like if we're going by that average, this means this contest against the Chiefs, which is going to be a fun one regardless mm-hmm. of – how well Brady plays, he should do great because we've had one bad game with the Saints, one game exactly. with the Panthers, one bad game with the Rams again, and here we have mm-hmm. the Chiefs. The Chiefs are really susceptible on the ground, mm-hmm. which I think might actually make a difference for Tom Brady. Like if you have a Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette able to get three or four yards every carry, you can make mm-hmm. do now with the play action and have more comfortable in-pocket stuff with Brady. Yeah, quite possibly. If you, if you can count on three or four yards, 2.3 yards per carry on 18-team rushes here this week. The one thing I will give Brady is – I mean, geez, he's got weapons here. And regardless of what you think about Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette at this stage in his in their careers, I mean, Godwin and Evans, both solid. I mean, Evans had a real tough matchup but still managed to get into the end zone and even win some of those one-on-one matchups mm-hmm. against uh, Jalen Ramsey. And then uh, Antonio Brown, I mean, 13 targets, 8 for 57. He hasn't found the end zone yet, but... He will. He's getting the volume, and that's something that I definitely didn't expect Antonio Brown to be playable at this stage in the season. Now, granted, I had zero shares, and um, you know that's that, that's a that's a blow up waiting to happen there, uh, depending on how you look at that. But uh, I mean, he's got weapons. So that's the only thing that's stringing me along and not is preventing me from just throwing him on the waiver wire entirely. What about the Rams well, side? Though? Well, hold on a second, oh, because okay. I I mean it's important to note again the Chiefs. They're okay against the pass. Again, really bad against the runs. So I think Ronald Jones and Fournette can set things up well for Brady. They have the Week 13 bye, which could affect you when it comes to the playoffs. But their playoff typical schedule, it's the Vikings Week 14, the Falcons Week 15, and the Lions Week 16. If you happen to be in a league, and again, don't do it in Week 17 that plays, they have the Falcons again. That's some pretty juicy passing matchups to yeah, end the okay, season. Okay, fair enough. See, I hadn't looked ahead. Uh, maybe the worst days are behind Brady, but I, mean, I think so too. I, I'm just trying to come in. Based on the eye test, he doesn't look good. No, I, I agree. And, and to be fair, there was a vocal minority now was among this group that said Brady is not the quarterback that we think he is because the deep ball isn't there. Mm-hmm. And that last throw, that interception, is a case-in-point example of what we are concerned with. And the part that made Mike Evans so good with Jameis Winston was because Winston was going to throw up a deep ball and Evans was going to be able to catch it. Brady hasn't been able to do it all that effectively for the consistently this year. Brown being a part of this team now makes a big difference because that underneath stuff, which was really previously Gronk and then the running backs, um, I mean, that's even more exaggerated now. And I think Chris Godwin can have more of an mm-hmm. outside role. But this is the, these, these these concerns that we saw with Tom Brady when he was with the Patriots have really manifested themselves still with the Buccaneers, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair enough. And I mean, like I said, the best thing he's got going for him is the full supporting cast at this point. Yep. And I dig it. Uh, what about the Rams? I mean, the Rams ran the ball, what, five, six times in the whole first half? Gave that's up. what you got to do against the Buccaneers, yeah. though. I, I, I guess their, so. their front seven is mm-hmm. so good. Levante David, uh, like, routinely popped off the page. And I know the Monday Night Crew was, you know, slobbering over him as well, but for good reason. He was just incredible. Yeah. Great. Well, what, when, they are, when they are so susceptible to the pass, and I think at this point you could say they are, mm-hmm. why would you be big? your head against the run we're not mike mccarthy here and and making sure we have to get one and a half yards and then punt on third and or fourth and nine right like i think that's a good idea from the rams and other teams as well yeah no i'm right there with you i mean eventually they picked it up more in the second half because they needed to but still only average 1.9 yards per carry but on the bright side, yeah, Goff tore him up through the air. I mean, Cooper Cup had his best game in a while. You know, 11 out of his 13 targets for 145. Robert Woods caught 12 of 15 for 130. And a score, I mean, these guys are all... Those guys were on fire. I mean, the two guys who you expect to produce came out and produced a ton for those guys. And it ended up working in the end. You know, they 
there were quite a few turnovers in this game, at least both quarterbacks throwing a pair of interceptions here. Um, and, and they were able to even out and get on top here. Uh, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. I can't do not too excited. It's, you can't really yeah, do anything no. with that. I, you know, out of all of them, I've got like, I've got Malcolm Brown as a min price player where we keep 20 man rosters. And then I've got one Cam Akers and a keeper. In the dynasty. Just yeah, hoping, yeah. We talked know, about last week. But, but other than that, like, I'm not throwing any of those guys out there in my starting lineup. I know the matchup was tough this week, but and I don't want to be too reactionary here. But I mean, the carries were split. Henderson had eight carries, but he only ended up with five yards. Five carries for Acres, three for Malcolm Brown, and apparently and he ended up with twenty. But really, nothing going on the ground. I kind of write this off and look ahead. You're to next hoping week. for a touchdown from any one of those run, Rams running backs, and it's fine if it's like, all right, can Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay score? Because you know both are pretty talented. But when you have a situation where it's a three-headed backfield and any one of them could really run on the ball. Malcolm Brown has done it at times. Akers has done it recently. It's a frustrating thing to try to guess, and I want nothing to do with this Ram back, Rams backfield, but I am really interested in Jared Goff, though. I think that one's going to matter to me. Like, like You look at the rest of the season schedule. We talk about Brady and how it looks great for him. He has the, Goff has the Niners this upcoming week, then the Cardinals, who, again, have been pretty susceptible to the pass. Week 14, it might be a little tricky against the Patriots, but we just saw Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. absolutely roast them. And then you have the Jets and Seahawks to end the playoffs. I mean, like, Goff was a guy, and we had talked about it last week a little bit. I also mentioned on Wednesday with um, Jim Coventry when I was filling in for that podcast. When you're planning for your fantasy playoffs, you need to look ahead a little bit for these matchups. And it's possible Goff might be available mm-hmm. in some leagues still. Week 15 and week 16, I can guarantee he'll already be picked up by then. If you feel comfortable where you're at, and maybe you have a Lamar Jackson or I don't know what Kyler Murray's schedule is at that point, but guys that maybe have been inconsistent at times, why not have guaranteed production in a Jets game and a Seahawks game in weeks 15 and 16? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, mean, I was just you know processing that statement here for a second. and I, Maybe not I, so much Kyler, I, yeah, but certainly Lamar. Say, you're right? going to shoot yourself in the foot in the playoffs yeah, like that? Yeah. Maybe not. Um, just kind of on the other side of the coin, the run schedule, there's only one team, and that's the Jets, that are in the bottom half of the league in standard fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. So while it looks good for Goff, it doesn't look much better for those uh, the rushers there. Uh, in LA. And it's possible they're going to be favored in most of those contests by, you know, double digits even entering the that game. So help, yeah. maybe maybe there's going to be more of a situation where we see the running game. Although I would have thought that applied, for example, to the Chargers Jets this past week and yet Herbert throws almost 50 times because they just couldn't run the ball that well. So mm-hmm. it's something to keep in mind. I think Jared Goff for most people is probably not available, but if he's dropped in the next two or three weeks or something like that, he is by far one of the best playoff pickups I think you can have at the quarterback position right now. So keep in mind for that. So um, we'll move over into the quarterbacks past this Monday night game again. Bye weeks are done for week 12, but week 13 we have the Bucks, Panthers. Plan accordingly for that. Um, we spent most of the Tuesday podcast last week discussing the New Orleans quarterback situation, and we were all up here excited to talk about Jameis Winston, and I think rightfully so. Most of the podcasts out there. Goes everybody. Here I mean, we go. Jameis Winston comes when he comes in. You know, for your injured quarterback and, you know, takes the rest of the snaps, basically a quarterback minus some gadget stuff, you assume it's going to be Jameis Winston. It was most definitely not. I think the best take on this I saw this week was, okay, mid-game, uh, you might as well just throw Jameis in who can run a similar same offense as Breeze. But if you have a whole week to institute a game plan and institute maybe some of that gadgety stuff, yep. then maybe you can put Hill. And part of it's maybe Sean Payton and the Saints just wanting to prove they're right with that uh, kind of crazy extension they signed Taysom Hill to with his uh um you know with his gadgetry and all mm-hmm. that um so so i can see that take you know you want to you want to see what you got and i guess that was the best explanation it made i mean the contract was staring us right in the face but we all just kind of looked past that into the fact that it was uh it was james coming in well um, i honestly thought it was a talent thing too and and mario puig was very adamant on twitter earlier this week saying no james winston is equally not good for as much as you don't like Taysom hill, hill uh winston is not great either and i i just disagreed at that point i thought Taysom Hill was not that great of a quarterback, certainly a great athlete, and there's nothing to take away from that. But Winston is a better quarterback. I think I have to take the L on that thought process, though, because Hill looked really good. And I'm not sure if it's the Falcons defense, who's actually been better uh, since they fired Dan Quinn. They've gotten a little bit better. But, boy, they made Taysom Hill look like an all-star this past Sunday. I mean, they're still running with pretty much a JV roster over there. I mean, they've been dealing with injuries that haven't quite... um, haven't quite been able to recover you know at least they got Keanu Neal back and uh, I don't know yeah so maybe they're a little bit better past Quinn but uh, you know the matchup definitely played into that a little bit um that doesn't mean that Taysom Hill isn't the top quarterback pickup this week he's still only 43 percent rostered in Yahoo leagues and you know there might be some streamers that look 
okay, but uh, but Taysom seems to be the guy here because, I mean, Drew Brees' insides are just crushed, right? Yeah. I have no idea. I haven't seen anything on when he's coming back. That's the best way to describe it. It keeps that. moving back week by week. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like we're adding more broken ribs every single mm-hmm. time there's an update, and then it yeah. also moves back. So the earliest I heard now is week 15. So you're talking about Taysom Hill potentially as a playoff quarterback if you're in a 2QB league. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's the top pickup in standard like stuff though for me actually well, overall like when you look at all of the waivers uh, there there are some guys that i think uh you might be able to rely on at, at tougher to fill positions well no i actually so I, I think Derek carr against these same falcons that we just oh, okay. saw might be the quarterback that i'd want to roster more i like it so the, i mean like if hill gives you 50 plus yards and two touchdowns rushing fine and of course half the hullabaloo around hill was that he was tight end listed on espn that is no longer the case they've taken that away mm-hmm. he is quarterback eligible and only quarterback eligible everywhere all is right in the world right i mean you know, and fanduel and, too i mean that was i didn't even play dfs this week because it was like oh i'm sure well, yeah I, I mean this isn't this isn't daily fantasy football this is a different game when you have your free square at tight end like you know well, we'll tune back in next week when they fix that but uh right yeah, that's where i was at well i mean like again the broncos this week they have been an inconsistent defense but it's not in a familiar setting it's not a division opponent they're going to be going to denver there's a lot of things i could see working against uh Taysom hill not being the standout guy who got 25 points this past week whereas with Derek carr i don't know what you saw on sunday night and mm-hmm. and cannot take that away from what we're going to see against the falcons defense again like i just don't there there's no i really can't fathom a way where Derek carr is not a top seven fantasy quarterback i i can't literally think mm-hmm. of a game script that doesn't work for them yeah i mean he really seems to carve up the chiefs for whatever reason i mean his weapons are looking better they've got a strong solid run game to fall back on you know that he's got one of the only viable fantasy tight ends in the whole league i mm-hmm. mean it, things are looking good for carr and he's you know I, i've seen people compare his numbers to the years that he was maybe getting a little MVP love. His, his numbers are better this year. Oh, granted, for sure. Granted, the offense continues to, in, or you know, league wide continues to expand a little bit. But yeah, yeah, I could see uh, if you're if you're streaming this week, you could go Carr over Hill. Um, I was just thinking, kind of Hill rest of the season and probably a little bit more rushing to bring up his floor um, is is how I'd rank that. But uh, but no, well, Carr looked great, and uh, you know when you look at the other streamers. Kirk Cousin, 42% versus Carolina. Carolina, you, you had mentioned earlier in the show that the defense is is better than mm-hmm. you would think uh, at your initial gut. Not touching, re- not really touching Tua at 40%. He's at the Jets. Apparently, he's keeping his job despite yeah. getting benched. You know, Fitzpatrick came in and played half the game. And I don't know, apparently Tua took a bunch of hits and they wanted to kind of save that. I, that's all fishy to me. That feels like a situation that could blow up in our faces on Friday again, similar to this Hill one. You know, a, a, as more news comes out, if who we knows? Didn't, if we didn't have Taysom Hill and if we didn't have Derek Carr, I think any quarterback going against the Jets is probably one that you want mm-hmm. to target. But when they're so obvious examples, and I imagine, again, if you are in ESPN leagues, I'm pretty sure I saw earlier today, if you had Hill rostered as a tight end, you didn't get moved to the ro- he didn't get moved to your roster. He got cut. Like he was taken away from your team altogether. So there's a possibility that Hill is just available in a lot of different leagues altogether. So I would rather have Derek Hill and I'd rather have Taysom Hill. But if both those guys are gone, then I guess Tua against against the Jets makes sense because it's sneakily not a great streaming matchup. You could have Daniel Jones against the Bengals, and I think that's totally fine too. I'm surprised. Like I'm in 16 leagues, I could maybe name two or three where Daniel Jones is available. Like the fact that he is rostered only 28% of Yahoo leagues feels off to me. So I would have Daniel Jones over two or two, but that's it. Like you can get by with a lot of good streaming quarterbacks this week. And he, heck you could even start Baker Mayfield too against Jacksonville. If it wasn't for the fact that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are just an insane running back duo right now mm-hmm. and taking almost all the yardage. Yeah, I, I mean, after Carr and, uh, and Taysom, I almost put Baker Mayfield in there at number three at Jacksonville. Granted the running backs have been doing a whole lot and Baker's games have not been particularly great of late but he actually gets to go on the road to florida where i assume there'll be better weather yeah he's been playing at home for the last couple weeks where he's dealing with like 50 mile an hour swirling winds and 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 just just some of the worst weather imaginable you know as a former browns beat writer i get uh i get tossed the browns when it comes to inactives on sunday morning quite a bit and i just get to watch all their beat writers on my list you know just tweet about how ridiculous the weather is and you know most people probably aren't sitting down to watch full Browns games. They just get the red zone highlights and that kind of thing. Uh, but Baker's just – and the Browns as a whole haven't had favorable conditions to throw the ball. Yes, they've got Chubb back, and it makes more sense to run a bit more. Obviously, no Odell Beckham there for him to throw to anymore. But I think we're going to see 
uh, Baker get closer to a ceiling game, and especially this week at Jacksonville, it seems to be you know a matchup that's favorable for him. So if we're talking streaming quarterbacks, uh, Car Hill Mayfield for me. But if you wanted to sneak Jones up there ahead of Mayfield. I, I think I'll get put, too mad at it. Yeah, I think I'll put Dimes ahead of Mayfield. But you can – I mean, that's four guys right there. Phillip Rivers against the Titans who have been bad against anybody, a quarterback except for Lamar Jackson. That's another one, too, where I could see it making sense. Michael Pickman, again, probably won't get completely wide open over the middle and run 50 yards without being touched. But mm-hmm. I, I, like, I'm saying this is a bitter Packers fan. Uh, I, I still think Rivers could have a decent enough game, too. And then there's Andy Dalton as well with the Cowboys now at least trending in the right direction. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the unfortunate news with the Cowboys strength and conditioning coach who passed away. I don't know, you know, earlier this week, there's, there's, you know, that's, that could even be speculation too. I don't want to dive into that mm-hmm. too much, but Dalton might be an option as well if that game gets played. So just keep that in mind. There's a lot of different QB streamers. I think it has to start first with Derek Carr. Uh, and if you are planning for the future, Taysom Hill has the Falcons next week who he just tore apart and you have to imagine will be the starting quarterback again so keep that in mind two qb leagues you have ryan finley um after the unfortunate injury to joe joe burrow uh burrow is done for the year i'm not interested whatsoever in ryan finley um to the point where i would almost you know not even want to talk about other than just weep about joe burrow there is sam darnold though that seems to be trending towards the right direction Joe Flacco has quietly been playing all right i'm not sure if the jets want to make that choice or move but if you're the Jets and you're staring at an own 16 season, why not give a few more reps to the quarterback mm-hmm. that may or may not be a part of your future? Yeah. That I think you need uh, to know Sam for Darnold sure whether you're be... taking a quarterback with your top three picks next year. And yeah, you would think they've had enough. The writing on the wall has been there and see, like hey, I mentioned the, the uh, bad quarterback I think is good of 2020 for me is actually Sam Darnold. I think he's going to go to another organization yes. mm-hmm. and he's going to, be good and produce for that organization kind of similar to uh you know like what ryan Tannehill's doing with the titans right now i see a very similar career path there um that's a but, good comp yeah but with the jets uh yeah you gotta you gotta put the young guy out there because flacco's not going to do anything for you except maybe play your way out of the first overall pick yeah i think i think i would rather like i think sam darnold actually makes a lot of sense and again if you're in a two qb league it very well could be that he's dropped we have a, a rotoware pseudo dynasty league um that is a qb flex one and i had a drop darnold you know three weeks ago and he still wasn't picked up and he's sitting there at ten dollars i'm like well maybe and, you know like that's mm-hmm. not a bad option if i have to i'm dealing with breeze being out i didn't get a bounce on Taysom hill yet so just keep it in mind i think sam darnold's stats is one i'd rather monitor as opposed to ryan finley who we saw be just awful last year and I, not convincing to me yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking right now and finley like hasn't officially officially been named the starter right. cool. but looking at the rest there i mean they signed they brought up brandon allen from the practice squad and that's like it who's also bad yeah we saw him so, be bad last year too yeah i actually picked up pj walker in a dynasty yeah. league yeah yeah. Where um, I, I mean, not that he had the greatest fantasy game, but like, okay, Dak Prescott goes down, Teddy mm-hmm. Bridgewater goes down, Sam Darnold, who I have in my dynasty league, because of that theory, you know, that I think he'll be good eventually. Um, he's not available, so I had to pick up, you know, the XFL stud PJ Walker. You know, didn't do a ton individually, but man, do I love the fact that he actually looks at DJ Moore. Yeah, holy cow, is that crazy? Like, I, that is just a wild concept to me that a, that a quarterback over there can look at DJ Moore, and I dig it. So, you know, who knows? Maybe that chemistry can go somewhere a little bit, but I expect Teddy Bridgewater to be PJ back Walker in the fold this, this is, week. Is actually just a good quarterback too. So I'm kind of intrigued by that. Um, it, it sounded like Bridgewater was even close to playing this past Sunday. So just keep in mind, like if you are relying on PJ Walker, it's possible that Bridgewater comes back and then there you go. That's your XFL star on the bench once more. Um, and that might hurt DJ Moore or whatever else. I've been happy with Curtis Samuel and how involved he's been. That's basically a guarantee now at this point that you're starting Curtis Samuel every week. And it's come at the expense of Mike Davis, who was kind of a darling earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. This is all to say what happens with Chris McCaffrey. We don't know. It sounds like he's getting pushed back even further. And again, the Panthers are one of two teams, the last two teams of the bye in week 13. What's the point of putting out Chris McCaffrey um, where he's not completely healthy and you have a bye week to wait on? It's it's troublesome. I guess I'll just say it that way. It's troublesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit. You know, I'm thinking right now in my head, of, well, what am I going to do with my Mike Davis slash DJ Moore league where I'm going to have to fight for a last playoff spot in week 13? Mm-hmm. That's going to be tough. I'll have some spots to make up. Got to look ahead. Well, good enough that we can uh, talk about running backs then because we actually did all right. I mean, like, Selvin Ahmed was fine enough for the Dolphins this past week. He had 70 total yards, got more receiving work when Ryan Fitzpatrick was in there. But they have the Jets this week, and we've seen the Jets be very susceptible to just about everything. 
I actually was surprised. I mean, Kalen Balaj, for as great as he's looked with the Chargers, didn't really do a lot in a pseudo-revenge game against the Jets this past week. I think Ahmed's going to get more involved from the passing game perspective, and that's why you're rostering him. Um, I think mm-hmm. he's probably a safe enough start again if you need to at running back two. You have Wayne Gallman now set to play and looks to be in an increasingly better matchup now with Joe Burrow out. There's less, um, I think, offensive fireworks on display from the Bengals' perspective, so Gallman could find his way for a touchdown once more. Um, and mm-hmm. We've got we, nothing new on Devontae Freeman yet. so Yeah, he's on did, IR. Yeah, I mean, he's still on IR. So if you did you know, pick up Wayne Gallman upon a recommendation last week, he's very much in play this week. I think so, too. And unfortunately, we are kind of suggesting that Michael P. Ryan could be an option. It seems like P. Ryan might be trending towards IR himself after spraining his ankle, a high ankle sprain against the Chargers. Um, so that kind of leads into one of the first running backs I think we should discuss is Frank Gore now. I know they have Ty Johnson, and I actually think Ty Johnson might not be the worst, but Adam Gase just hates the NFL, so I think Frank Gore is going to get, like, 70% of the work. Gore gets a lot of reception. Like, he runs a decent amount of, route, of routes for how old he is, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, listeners realize this, but Gore is maybe two years away from doing a LeBron James and playing in a professional league with his son. Do you, did you know that that's actually I, I didn't realize that, yeah, that his, yeah. That his kid was in like, college, but Gore, I mean, Gore never could thought actually, that happened in the NFL, especially exactly. running back. That's yeah, what that's I was amazing. like. LeBron makes sense that he's going to wait for Brian to come ahead and make it to the NBA. But Frank Gore, like all he needs to do is make it about two more years, and he could be playing in the NFL with his son, which would be the first time, obviously, mm-hmm. ever that could occur. Yeah. And I mean, okay, so I, I test again. You know, Maybe he's lost a couple of steps here, but he still runs hard. Uh, you know, he's definitely not afraid to take hits no. at this age. So, you know, he's only 10% rostered. And like you said, Michael Pirine, it's a high ankle sprain, probably IR. I assume they're going to activate somebody else, but Ty Johnson is the only other back around there. Upcoming games, Dolphins, Raiders, Seahawks. I mean, like it or not, Frank Gore is on the pickup list this week, one way or another. I think so. And he could even be on a running back two list if you have to make the start again. Three games on Thursday with Thanksgiving happening. Maybe you're late on waiver wire pickups or not aware of what's going on. Frank Gore, you could do worse options for him. The Dolphins this week, which is okay, but the Raiders and Seahawks, which have proven to be susceptible to the running game, it's one to monitor. I, I don't think it's the number one pickup, though. That has to belong to Gus Edwards, mm-hmm. who is essentially the starting running back for the Ravens with both Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins placed on the COVID list after testing positive. Now, we've seen it before in the NFL where you tested positive and then, oh, wait, you didn't test positive. Um, but they play on Thursday against the Steelers. I have a feeling, regardless if they test negative or not in the ensuing days, that's set. Gus Edwards is your starting guy. Justice Hill is the backup. It might even be one that you consider. The unfortunate part about Gus Edwards being the number one often, or number one running back in this offense is they have the Steelers, and that Steelers defense is very mm-hmm. good. And it's hard to see a scenario where even with Gus Edwards getting 15, 20 carries, gets you any more than 60 to 65 total yards, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is a tough one because while I think Gus Edwards is still the number one pickup overall this week, it's that says more about the sta- status of the waiver wire this week than it does necessarily about Gus Edwards because more than likely we're looking at a one-week rental and he is at Pittsburgh and you know beyond that versus Dallas at Cleveland. No walks in the park either. This is a team that runs the ball. I don't know off the top of my head what their rate is this year, but they're right up there with the Vikings in terms of percentage of run plays called, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, closer to 50-50 you know, than any other team in the league really. So you have that. I don't see Justice Hill, who's been largely a special teamer, um, getting suddenly sneaking and, the and getting a bunch of, of yeah okay occasionally I'll give you that um, you know they they don't they don't throw the ball I don't know if that's Lamar Jackson thing or what I mean Hollywood Brown will talk about him later on but you know zero catches this week there's just no passing game to speak of and they're going to run the ball a lot now they might be forced to throw because undefeated Steelers high powered passing attack with Ben Roethlisberger and company really going after it this year uh, I don't know rivalry games sometimes they get a little weird get a little gritty you know we can talk about intangibles all you want but in terms of a pure volume standpoint you know what's going to Gus Edwards and I think that makes him possibly the best plug and play this week but is the best pl- plug and play 8 to 12 points maybe yeah the over under is at 45 right now which is I think surprising to me because when you think Thursday night football, Thanksgiving Ravens Steelers, this is a 17, 13, 20, 17 game, right? Like they're mm-hmm. if 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 Vegas is right and they have been darn right often and 45 is in play, 
Gus Edwards makes me a little bit more interested because at some point the Ravens would have to score to be able to hit that over-under. And I think Gus Edwards, even if it's the, the passing attack for whatever the reason that leads him down the field, is a guy that's going to get the majority of the goal line work regardless of what Justice Hill is doing. And maybe you use more read options with Lamar Jackson at the goal line, but I think Gus Edwards actually could make more of a play. I'm surprised by that over-under at 45 to see it listed from what I know the Steelers' defense to be and how I know the Ravens' offense has looked thus far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think we can agree on this one. Uh, you know, while Gore's in play, I think Gus Edwards has to be a number one claim on the running back list. What do you do about Fab at this point in the year, though? Like, you know, we've I think our most common recommendation, oh, probably 8 to $12 for pretty much every one of these yeah. guys that we run through. Um, look if, at how much money is out there and available in your league. Look at what your needs are. If you're a J.K. Dobbins owner that's been relying on him, then, of course, you probably got to go, you know, 9 $10, on Edwards. But uh, I don't know. Well, Money's running out a little bit. The unfortunate part with Dobbins is you weren't really using him up until this week. Like, this was his breakout week, and it seemed like he took the majority of the carries and was the guy for the Ravens moving forward, which is good because he was clearly the most explosive and has been for some time. So mm-hmm. hopefully this COVID thing won't be a setback for him. Again, the Cowboys after the Steelers uh, in Week 13, that's a great matchup in the Browns. Um, in Week 14, you have to like that one too if you have J.K. Dobbins. But uh, Gus Edwards, Frank Gore, names to monitor. Another name to monitor is James White. Um, it, it appears as if Rex Burkhead has torn his ACL. Burkhead himself has ruled him uh, out for the rest of the year. He tweeted out that, I think, earlier today. And with that, it saw James White kind of emerge as the pass-catching guy for the, the Patriots again. Now, there's something to monitor with this, and it's the fact that the Patriots were trailing for large portions of that Texans game. Now, it wasn't by a lot. You could have theoretically had a game script where da- Damian Harris was more uh, aware or available, I should say. But it didn't really occur, and I think White actually was kind of – a huge bump in what we've seen for him his previous season highs and snaps and targets and everything else like that. I, you know, he's rostered in 40% of the leagues right now, which seems a little bit high than what I've seen in my leagues. Yeah, so uh, I have a theory on that. Okay. I have a theory on the James White thing. He was a player that because, you know, he's he's easy to project for a certain floor every year. He ends up ranking towards the end of that top 200. I don't know, maybe uh, like what does Yahoo have for preseason ranks? He was sitting at about 160, okay, out of a top 200. So he's going to get drafted, whether auto-drafted or otherwise, you know, in a ton of leagues here. But it's going to depend on how active your, your owners are in that given league because if they've been paying attention to White's production, mm-hmm. they would have probably most likely dropped him already, you know, but the, the number stays high because he was pretty much drafted across the board preseason, you know, as opposed to someone like, you know, Gus Edwards, who wasn't really touched in preseason drafts. Of course, right. you know, he's only at 29%. So, I mean, if you have savvier owners in your league, chances are White was dropped and he'll be back out there already. If you have guys that draft their team and then forget it, chances are White's still on a roster because he was on a roster to begin with. Anyway, that doesn't say that that's not much analysis here for what we can expect from White. Um, you know, the, the real analysis is he had a season high 57% snap share, according to Jerry's article, which is free this week. Uh, by the way, it's going to be the best, you know, free article you'll read in fantasy football. Um, but let me see here. Where was I on this? He, he is the first time in the past five games he's played more than 26% of snaps. Right. The nine targets are a season high. Uh, you know, credit to Jerry for digging all the stats up. The target share was 24.3% here. It was basically like Jacoby Myers, who was one of the guys that, you know, we and everyone else was on last week. You know, he only caught three passes. He was less existent. And 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 James, Wright, or, James, James White ran 20 routes and had a 57% snap share carried and even got five carries and out of that. And all that came so, in the second half after yeah. the Rex Burke had injury too. exactly like, like almost reinforcing yes this is going to be a thing so that uh, like i i like james white frank gore and gus edwards if you really need to have a running back too and i'm looking at my stake league uh roster and like for you reminder pickups are wednesday not thursday it's a change around and i imagine for a lot of people too just be monitoring that because there's three games on thursday that you have to be aware of james white you know i, I think could make sense for a running back two and a half point ppr setting in mm-hmm. standard are you looking at james white though that's where i was kind of debating between yeah it's standard, he definitely falls down the list. I mean, in PPR, you can make a case that he's maybe even past his Frank Gore for number two on the list behind Gus Edwards. He definitely falls down a little bit because, again, only five carries. So, yeah. you know, you're relying on game flow to be a little bit, you know, in, in his. And then, I mean, you're counting on what, maybe six to eight yardage points here. So that doesn't necessarily right. bump him up if you're not counting any points for receptions there. So definitely the PPR boost. Same narrative on James White as it's been his entire career. Yeah. And the six to eight yardage points might be the, the 
like the ceiling for James White too. It'll, it'll mm-hmm. just be interesting to kind of monitor um, what's going on. Sony Michelle was activated off injured reserve, but was a healthy and active this past Sunday. Now we don't know if it's just because Michelle has underperformed during his time or if they're really slow rolling him. But even if Michelle comes back, I think that cuts more to Damian Harris's workload than anything with James White. So just keep it, keep track of that. I think there's a very clear hierarchy at running back. It's Gus Edwards. Frank Gore and James White, some combination of the three. Then there's some names afterwards to keep track of. The mm-hmm. first that I think actually matters to me, and we could debate this, is that Carryon Johnson, I think, I, I don't even know what his Yahoo percentage rate, uh, rostering is, but it's got to be low. DeAndre Swift, again, the Lions play this Thursday, was an estimated non-participant in Monday's practice with a concussion. You can clear concussion protocol within a day and be active and available, and it's possible that could occur. But at least of right now, as of this podcast, Swift is not playing. If we uh, replicate the results from this past week when Swift was not out, it was Carrion Johnson who saw the eighth most snaps of any running back this past week at 70% of the team's offensive workload. He got five targets, didn't really do a lot on the ground, but neither did Adrian Peterson, who ran, I think, seven times for 18 yards. I actually would be comfortable starting Carrion Johnson if DeAndre Swift was not available to play. Something to keep track of, though. Lions were trailing for almost all of that game because Matthew Stafford was terrible. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, or it, I'm sorry, if the Lions offense does better, you'd imagine Adrian Peterson gets more workload and the Texans allow the most rushing yards to running back. So maybe that reinforces that uh, Peterson gets more involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, I, I totally missed that this one putting together the outline. I, I didn't realize that the concussion was going to be a multi-week thing. And I guess with the short week, that's that, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that plays into it a little bit here. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind the play. Um, carry on Johnson. It is what it is. The, the the Lions tend to play maybe a little bit better on Thanksgiving. You know they've been yeah, there in that's the past, true, yep. which would give you know Adrian Peterson maybe. I mean, how many Thanksgivings? I guess have you seen Adrian Peterson bust open Jeez, the turd? Five or six. Like, like yeah, I mean, so, it's been a ton. He plays so well on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So I mean, my my analysis are, is is pretty like much all. It's all narrative based <laughs> here. You know, Carry on Johnson. Yeah, he he's on the radar and maybe better than some of the other guys I wrote down. Brian Hill, Carlos Hyde. Those were two guys that I kind of wanted to mention as well. Because uh, mostly because Brian Hill saw a higher snap share than Todd Gurley this week. Gurley didn't play at all in the fourth quarter that was a little bit mysterious I couldn't quite find an explanation for that um you know Carlos Hyde would be in play if Chris Carson can't go but it seems like Carson's really going um so I guess I'd bump carry on Johnson ahead of Hill and Hyde when it comes to some of the waiver wire guys that we're talking about but he's still firmly behind James White even Frank Gore and Gus Edwards yeah it's interesting you gave the narrative on Adrian Peterson I like that on Thanksgiving I'll give you a narrative for carry on Johnson that has nothing to do with anybody mm-hmm. like if Stafford's thumb is really a problem and it certainly seemed to be a problem against the Panthers this past week then yeah I'll I'll gladly put carry on Johnson into my lineup I have him in stake league right now and it's like oh you know I'm debating between who my running back two is most likely it's Wayne Gallman but maybe you could make a case in a half point PPR setting where uh, carry on Johnson does enough as a pass catcher to get you eight to 10 points from the flex. And I, I think I'm okay with that option, but I have to be certain that Matthew Stafford continues to suck. And I don't know if that's going to be the case. Like mm-hmm. if they're going to have an offense that's trailing 20 to nothing to the Panthers and they have to pass the ball, then carry on's a lock. Yeah, the but other we, we can't say that for certain. The other factor worth monitoring in this is Kenny Galladay. He's now missed three consecutive weeks with a hip injury. He was listed as a limited participant on Monday's practice estimate. Good so call, yeah. that would siphon some targets away if he's able to go out there. But maybe not if, if Stafford can't get the ball down yeah. the field. I mean, they're coming off a week in which they scored zero points. So, you know, what really is the ceiling here? You have to assume things might go a little bit better here against the Texans, who, you know, haven't really been able to defend much of anybody right. despite having a couple studs there. Um, you have to assume that the, 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 the points scored there is a little bit better than that. But uh, I don't know. You're getting pretty hopeful. The over under on this game, you mentioned that 45 number. 51 and a half yeah, that's for the 1130 hot. Thanksgiving game. That might be like a record for the early Thanksgiving game. Where would you lean on that? Would you go the over or under on that? Um, Probably under. I think I, mean, I go under on that too. But I mean, it goes back to what we just saw this past Sunday with how bad Stafford looked. And I don't know, I, you know, I've never torn a ligament in my yeah. thumb and tried to play quarterback in the NFL, but I can't imagine that only four days rest really gets you ready to go for that. I and, mean, you know, mm-hmm. as many pain-killing stuff as you do, it certainly didn't seem to help this past Sunday. Yeah, I mean, what do you, uh, I, you know, I fell a few classes short of my uh, my PhD, you know, in med <laughs> school, but like, what do you even inject into a thumb? 
you, I mean, if you do make it numb, that's not going to work. You know, if you if you yeah, want to have want any a numb control right hand the, when you're playing quarterback, yeah, exactly. I suppose that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's so like that's not going to work. Like what? I don't know. I'm sure they've got something, but I'm not sure the regular Toradol or whatever that you normally use is going to really do the trick this time. So who knows? I'm sure they've got something cooked up and they'll get him out there. Stafford's a tough guy. I mean, he's played through so many shoulder troubles sure. throughout the course of his career. You know, the pain tolerance level is high. I will give him that, but you know, at some point, the physical limitation has something to do with it. Yeah. So uh, it's a big question mark. You know, and there's so many even between now and Thursday. You got to watch the Galladay situation. Um, you know, definitely got to watch the Stafford situation. And, and DeAndre and, Swift. N- none of this matters if Swift is eligible and mm-hmm. able to play. I think if Swift is able to play and shakes out the concussion protocol and is able to go, then you're putting Swift out there regardless of the circumstances because he's both a runner and pass catcher. He's the three down guy, you hope, so long as Matt Patricia doesn't do anything stupid. But just monitor that. Again, this is a Thursday game. It's the earliest of them. So if you're planning anything on Thanksgiving or listening to this as you're driving to family or whatever else, uh, be mindful of the Lions stats in particular for a lot of those key players. Mm-hmm. We spend a good portion of the running backs, I think, this is probably a more running back centric or yeah, heavy definitely week from a, a free agent a perspective. There's not a lot going on for the wide receivers. We're going to move over to the wide receivers. Before we do, I want to get a word for our sponsors, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on BetMGM app or website and make your first sports wager, you'll then receive a seasons-long length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insight. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by setting up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditioning. You must be 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. And please make sure to gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at one or sorry, 800-889-9789. If you or someone know or you know has a gambling problem wants to help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. And this promotional offer is only or is not available in Nevada. All right. So moving over to the wide receivers, you were talking about it just a little bit before. Running backs, super heavy this week. Not so much wide receivers. I mean, like that's mm-hmm. you know, that, that's just yeah. how it is this week, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. When putting this together, uh, you know, I wrote I jotted down the guys we talked about last week for reference, Michael Pittman, Jalen Rager, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. All of those guys are still under 50% rostered, and I still think I like all of those guys more than anybody else who we're about to talk about. So, you know, we we don't need to go through the narrative on those three again, but if you need a starting wide receiver three to plug and play, which – Seems less likely this week, given that nobody's on bye. But if you need one of those guys, uh, the chances are you're looking for one of those first. I think I'm actually going to flex Pittman in a couple spots. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. He he's, seems like the biggest playmaker in terms of the wide receivers that they have on that whole roster. I mean, Valdez Scantling was still very relevant with Alan Lazard back. You know, he everyone's going to remember the fumble for Valdez Scantling, but people are always going to forget how he actually went up in traffic with two guys on him yeah. to set them up mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. They would have never been there if it weren't for that. And that was something that, you know, for me personally, obviously we watch every minute of every single Packers game. Um, I haven't seen that from him. He pretty much has to be wide open on those deep balls. And even and then even, and even then, we'd get a little nervous, but he actually went up and caught it in traffic. And that seems like, you know, maybe he could be turning the corner a little bit um, in terms of, you know, Roger, the, you know, the team all, you know, is out there. They have his back. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not too worried about the very last play of their offensive set, you know, ruining his fantasy value. So, yeah, you're looking at Pittman. I almost he, Rager so, is tough because of well, Wentz. Yeah, but is Rager. So I was going to say I, Pittman definitely is flex worthy. And I'm, I'm I am playing him in flex in a few places. But I think Rager is like an easy lock for me this week because I know it's Carson Wentz. They play the Seahawks. And I know how bad Carson Wentz is, but I think he's, like, capable enough. And, honestly, he's going to throw enough turnovers. He's this year's Jameis Winston, right, where there's (laughs) enough turnovers happening that there's production that occurs afterwards. I think Rager is, like, an automatic start almost for me. If you have him against the Seahawks secondary this week, give me Rager every single time. This is going to be Jalen Rager's breakout week. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I like that crowning the 2020 Jameis Winston. Going into the year, I thought for sure it was going to be Daniel Jones, but he actually hasn't had the production to match his turnovers yet. So, (laughs) yeah, I could could see that being Carson Wentz, and and that's a fair enough matchup for me. The only only league I have Rager in is uh, where you only start two wide receivers. So that one might get a little dicey whether I start him there or not, uh, you know, because I'm looking at uh, him versus Devontae Parker, maybe him versus uh, Brandon Cooks. And I don't think I don't think Rager gets over the hump in, in those matchups, but Absolutely, all these guys uh, should be rostered. I would hope by this time next week that none of them are under 50% rostered and we can kind of just move on from those guys entirely. Yeah, I agree with you. And let's just go ahead and do that now since we discussed them a little bit. The wide receivers that are left from this group, it's a little bit it's a little bit tough. I mean, you have Adam Thielen on the COVID list. I think he did test positive, right? It's not a close proximity thing. So with Adam <laughs> Thielen on the COVID list, again... I forget who tweeted it, but someone's like, that guy catches everything. Like, yeah, he does. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good Okay, so I mean, we've seen it before. Um, we'll see it again. He can test positive, maybe test negative. There's multiple ways to get around that, whatever. So BC Johnson, let's just assume Adam Thielen is out. BC Johnson, Chad Beebe, step up as the two guys, um, I mean, available in probably 100% of leagues in the case of Chad mm-hmm. Beebe, and certainly BC Johnson too. Johnson would be the easy call as the one that yeah. slots in there, but I think this is going to be more of a Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. just gets 16 targets, let's see what he does kind of game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, for some reason we have Chad Beebe listed higher on our depth chart, and I'm not entirely sure the reasoning because I think Busy Johnson would be the next guy yeah, up. Busy, thank you. Yeah, yeah Oda Busy. Uh, you know, it depends. He's listed different in different places. You know, my ID match. Yeah. Any, anyway, um, I mean, he's there. He's an option. But, you know, you look at the Vikings, it'll be Justin Jefferson heavy. I think they'll get the tight ends, Rudolph and Smith involved Both, more. Yeah. And uh, and then, of course, you've got Delvin Cook's, uh, you know, check downs. You know how much Cousins loves the check down. And, I mean, I'm almost a little bit worried about Jefferson because he's going to get all the double teams now. Yeah. And teams are going to game plan for him, you know, as opposed to having to balance resources out a little bit. But, Obviously, it's, the volume is going to be there. So I'm be like, I, don't, I don't think you can bench Justin Jefferson not. as the number one guy, even though it might be a tougher spot. So I'm not exactly excited to go and get Bissy Johnson, and I don't think Chad Beebe is going to be a huge factor. So this is just a net negative altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, considering net negatives as well, Julio Jones, it, he, he left, I think, two or three times in Sunday's loss to the Saints with a hamstring injury. It seems like he's game uh, game time decision again this week. If he's out, Russell Gage appears to be the guy that steps up. He had 12 targets against the Saints, but almost did you know little with those 12 targets. We've seen uh, Omi Zacchaeus do pretty well in a functioning spot. Like I'd almost rather Gage be gone, and I know Mario Puig would as well. Um, that doesn't seem like it's going to be the case, though. So Russell Gage, you could maybe make a case for as well. Like I'm not exa- exactly excited. Mm-hmm. Um for that prospect either. I I do think it's going to be an offensive shootout, though, between the Raiders and Falcons, so maybe that factors in. But I think Mm -hmm. when Zacchaeus and Gage, to a lesser extent, were doing well, it was when Julio and Kelvin Ridley were out, right? Like, it wasn't when it was Kelvin Ridley around, too. So Ridley being a factor. my Kelvin Ridley. Exactly. My fantasy season, I had so much Kelvin Ridley this year. It's just been a roller coaster. Kelvin Ridley tears the league up. Oh, I'm starting 4-0 in all my leagues. Kelvin Ridley gets hurt. Now I'm back to 500. Kelvin Ridley's coming back. Here we go. Um, But, I mean, that's what I'm, you know, excited for. You know, maybe Julio Jones still plays anyway, so obviously him being questionable changes this. I can see Olamide Zacchaeus as like a if you want a 0.5% rostered in a GPP and maybe really shoot for the stars, maybe something could happen I'm just, there. I'm wishing for it because of my $150 best ball league. He is on my roster and he's gotten me. How'd you know to take that steps. guy in a best ball How league? How do you think I knew? <laughs> that Mario Puig guy was oh, really yeah. pushing him all, all throughout right, the fair year. Enough, yes, fair enough. but he was my like my last round selection. Mario's going to make me some money this year. I can tell you that right now. I, I mm-hmm. won't give any credit to myself. It's just all Mario. So yeah, he. at least I keep maybe just willing that to occur. That's the case. Could get fair another. Enough. 20 point game because he, he has actually had that before so mm-hmm. I, I don't know I'm, I'm not interested in the Vikings and Falcons like backup third string receivers at this point there is a case to be made about Debo Samuel who you figure to be back this week um, he's bounced between the COVID list and IR um, but the 49ers had a buy he's already rostered at 51% of leagues though he's so he's kind of like Michael Pittman and Jalen mm-hmm. Rager and I think I'd rather have Rager and Pittman start this week now you still be should be rostering Samuel just about everywhere. Yeah, but I'd rather start Rager and Pittman this week. It actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Sterling Shepard, who's also at forty five percent. You have mm-hmm. a guy just coming off a bye that seems to be getting more and more involved. Um, is going to play. Shepard doesn't have this, quite the same injury situation. They both 
have very subpar quarterback play. Debo Samuel, Sterling Shepard, those are fantasy names. Everyone knows, you know, a lot of people listening have probably rostered or even started him once or twice. So those guys are out there. It's more of a heads up, if anything. You know, I don't have any any kind of angle here on them. It's just more of a, here's an announcement. Check, Be aware check, of these guys. Check their statuses. Mm-hmm. I think Samuel certainly has a bit more touchdown upside than Shep, uh, Shepard, so you'd, you'd feel more comfortable rostering him. But, Again, this is – I mean, we, we had this conversation earlier in the year when Rager was at, like, under 30% rostered. Why don't you have IR spots in your league? Like, that's the only reason why Samuel will be even at 50% is that there just aren't IR spots available. So, Fair enough. whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. Samuel's back. I'm not I'm not eager to start him against the Rams either. I mean, they've been playing really well defensively as of late. We don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play. At least I don't think he's going to play right now, mm-hmm. which hinders things well, too. And, and is Debo going to get Jalen Ramsey if he plays? Like, welcome back, you know? Yeah, well, I think he's in the slot. Uh, so maybe Ayuk could be fed to somebody's getting fed to Ramsey, and I don't want any part of that offense from the. Yeah, it's going to so. be messy, and in which case, maybe they feed Debo if that's who Ayuk's wrapped up with. True. But, um, we'll see. Mario, Mario, you know, you mentioned him. He does a great corner report article oh, was, on Rotowire. Yeah, that's yeah. very excellent to kind of see what these individual matchups because uh, that's something that I've seen. You know, savvy fantasy owners start to care a lot more about yes. over the years. Like, where are your cornerback, you know, receiver matchups? Where are those reports? You know, seeing that, people write into our support and whatnot, doing that. Like, uh, you know, we, we've got that covered on Rotowire. Article actually was the reason I started Demir Bird in a lot of my uh, FanDuel lineups this week, and also I put him in a few different low, like low roster one. He hit six catches for 132 yards in the for the Patriots this past week. So yeah, definitely check that uh, article out and watch those corners. Now it's not foolproof, right? Marquise Brown couldn't take advantage of a great uh, defense of matchup against the Titans, and honestly, he becomes a guy that I think I might have to drop. He had three targets. The Titans are supposed to be one of the worst teams in terms of passing, and he had three targets. For example, Des Bryant had five, five targets. He had five. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to drop Marquise Brown. Like, I mean, no one's going to be starting him if you pick him up. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine, like, if we're debating between uh, BC Johnson or Marquise Brown, yeah, I'm taking Marquise Brown. But exactly, you can't start Marquise Brown at all. He got me a big zero in like three different leagues, and it's it's a frustrating endeavor at this point. Yeah, he's absolutely like. You know, it's almost a step below fantasy purgatory. Can't start him. It was up into a point where maybe you can't drop him, but when he goes out there and is targeted, when he drops a zero and has less targets than Des Freaking Bryant, um, I, I think know. there becomes yeah. a point where it is okay to let him go. I mean, he was probably gone in anything 8-10 team related. 12 team, you're sure, still yeah. kind of thinking, okay, maybe, maybe, but if you have a chance to drop him for like, Pittman, Rager, or MVS, do it because, I mean, the vo- just look at the volume over the last couple weeks. You know, take a guy with some upside. Now, yeah. granted, there's like a tiny voice in the back of my head that's telling me, no, this feels like a trap, and you're going to end up talking about him as a pickup in like two weeks for the playoffs when suddenly he's involved again. Yeah. But that it, it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen. There's been no sign to indicate that's going mean, to happen. You just can't start him. You, there's, mm-hmm. you can't start him. So if we're getting to this point, I'm, I'm like, I'm serious. I'm rostering Jared Goff everywhere in playoff leagues for the preparation that I'll play him in Week 15 against the Seahawks. And I know we just had this this two weeks ago, and he didn't throw any touchdowns, but he threw for 350 yards again or whatever it was. Like I, I'm planning for that. I've, I'll go get extra kickers. I'll go get extra defenses for the fantasy playoffs as well. So when you're talking about making your roster a little bit thinner and and trying to streamline it for the fantasy playoffs, mm-hmm. it comes maybe at a, price. a guy like Marquise Brown does need to be cut. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about it in that way, but when are you really starting him with how bad he's mm-hmm. looked over the past month, but certainly this season in total? Yeah. Another drop, we kind of skipped over this with running backs, but are you cutting Mark Ingram too? I mean, yeah. he was barely involved before COVID, and, and now he's got that maybe, and you know who knows what's going to happen I have him in Stake there. League, and I haven't found a way to get rid of him yet, but he's just it's a matter of time. My Stake it's, League is like, okay, I, I, I have Kelsey on my team, so I can probably cut Logan Thomas, but it's like, do I cut Logan Thomas and give him to somebody else who might really no, need a tight see, end? I don't think you do that. Or do I cut Mark Ingram? And I yeah. probably it's going to be cut Mark Ingram because I think he'd stay out there on the waiver wire longer. I'm glad you brought up Logan Thomas there. There, I mean, like if there was nothing at wide receiver, there's really nothing, nothing at tight end. But Logan Thomas again is is kind of found his groove as that seven point tight end. And with this way, with the way this season this is, uh, with Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller as your two guaranteed, and Mark Andrews finally had a good week. 
you can be fine with seven points. I mean, I think Hunter Henry and TJ oh. Hawkinson are start everywhere yeah. because they get you 10. I think like 80% of fantasy managers out there would be like, hey, would you like a guaranteed six points from your tight end this week? Yeah, sure. Yep, lock them in, lock them yeah. in. I've had a little bit of good luck with Hunter Henry. He might be sneaking up into that territory yeah. a little bit. I'm actually thinking about keeping him at $4. That's that's an interesting one. Maybe we'll do that at uh, a keeper thing on our very last show of the year. But no, uh, Thomas, someone who can get six points. Jordan Reed, he's right off a 62-yard game. People, I think the roster ship maybe went down, you know, just a little bit there because the he's coming week, off yep. the bye week. But um, I, I would say that Reed is a, or Reed is officially passed uh, Ross Dwelly yeah, until, until You're he combining the names yeah, together. Dweed, yeah, <laughs> I mean that, that is of course until until Reed turns an ankle or gets a concussion or, or you know does yeah. one of his Jordan Reed things. But there's some short term value there, and I threw Dalton Schultz at 21 percent rostered on the list on there too. You know, maybe take that intangible Thanksgiving might be a little bit better with Dalton back. You know, uh, Dalton went to the wide receivers you know well lamb and and, and cooper i believe at least yeah. so uh um well maybe I, I schultz, like is, in schultz the mix, is the office meme where pam's like corporate wants you to find diff- uh, difference between these two pictures and you just put like logan thomas and dalton schultz there it's like mm-hmm. they're the same thing and That's you can do that at. with seven tight ends right now i mean they're mm-hmm. just it, it, it's hard so yeah dalton schultz should be rostered you could probably start him this week the uh, Washington franchise allows a decent amount of points to the quarterback, but more importantly, Schultz has gotten at least five targets in all but one of the last mm-hmm. five games or six games now, so he's a factor and he got two red zone targets against the Vikings this week, converted on yeah. one for touchdown. I, you're, you're hoping for a touchdown. That's that's what you're hoping for anytime you start a tight end other than, named, other than Waller and Kelsey at this mm-hmm. point, and it's just a matter of will that actually occur yeah. or not. And we mentioned this when we're talking about Thielen, but I want to add one more thing. Maybe if you're feeling frisky, Irv Smith or Kyle Rudolph out there. One of those guys, there might be a couple more red zone. Yeah. Thielen has been phenomenal in the red yes, zone. This, yes, this, that's this, true. I mean, he made that amazing, amazing catch this week. Um, they're not going to have that option in the red zone. And if you're, Theoretically. You know, you're under, if you're, yes, exactly. I don't, I was looking at our recent update on him. It said that he test, he did not test positive. It says he's on the list, which means either he tested positive or was exposed to somebody who did. So that could change it a little bit. But oh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, let's just say operating under the assumption that he has to sit this week. You know, Irv Smith or Kyle Rudolph, there might be one or two more red zone looks apiece yeah. for each of them. And then, well, you know, for sure. you're playing touchdown roulette with some of these tight ends. I mean, people are starting Jordan Aiken out there who, you know, had had a handful of targets this past game. I mean, you're, you're trying to find the guy that scores in a given week. And, and those Vikings guys kind of do fall into that conversation. Yeah, I, I, you're 100% right about that. And I think that makes a huge difference. Um, and, and I think Kyle Rudolph or Irv Smith in the event that Thielen's out, and again, we, we don't know as this recording Tuesday, but if he's out, that makes complete sense for what you're going to do. And it only matters because the Titans have just been so bad. So just keep that in mind for your roster. Again, three games on Thursday. Keep stressing it. Be prepared. Um, be aware of what you can do and hopefully save yourself some grief as you're getting ready or like but to avoid grief, at least for your family Thanksgivings or whatever else you're planning. You don't have to do as much prep for your fantasy league. So um, the fa- last bit of the podcast devoted to defense streamers, I, like this is kind of a relevant week for defensive streamers. You have the Packers against either Trubisky or Foles. You have the Giants who have been a sneakily good defense as of late going against likely Ryan Finley. I mean, that's like number two or three overall waiver wire claim for me. Mm-hmm. And they weren't available. I mean, you could pick them up everywhere because nobody's anticipating the Giants being a good coming defense. Off, coming off a of buy, they're twelve percent rostered on Yahoo. Yeah, so the, I think they're they are the pick. Um, they you know the Bengals have an implied total of just under nineteen points. Um, the only thing that's different between the Giants and say someone like the Packers is the upcoming schedule, where you know the Giants are probably one and done because week thirteen they've got Seattle, week fourteen they've got Arizona. Yeah. So sure. while the Giants, I would still rank them in the top pickup this week because I like you know their ceiling here against uh, against Ryan Finley and also you know their floor. You know they've they've managed a couple points. You know they've in pretty much every single game this season, so they've never really screwed you with negative points either. Even you know regardless of what you may think of that team. Now the Packers are another. They're another option here at defense, mostly because of what you get after this game against Chicago. Um, it's potentially looking good. You're, you're versus Philly and at Detroit. Um, you know, we know how Carson Wentz likes to turn the ball over. Mm. Detroit's been, you know, pretty hit or miss. They might get quite a bit healthier by that game, and maybe they'll be in the hunt. You know, you see the playoff hunt, the graphics are coming. You know, in the yeah. hunt is a thing now. <laughs> yeah. we're, you know, we're back, and Detroit's kind of in there. But, you know, I don't think they're seriously, seriously in the hunt. But, um, you know, if you're, if you're picking up for the next three games, it's the Packers. If you're picking up for the next one game, it's definitely the Giants. Can I give you another next three-game one that I don't think people are considering? Sure. 
All right, so the Texans play the Lions this Thursday. Again, we talked about Stafford's limitations as a quarterback. It's conceivable to me, especially with the pass rush that they theoretically the Texans have, that that can work. And actually, the, the Texans were a decent enough start against the Patriots. You could get by with the three or four points. But you look at the schedule for the upcoming week. So the Lions, again, this week, Phillip Rivers and the Colts the following week. You know, Rivers didn't look great. Uh, despite the the win over the Packers. And then you have the Bears, again, with Nick Foles-Trubisky. That's an exploitable offense from a defense perspective. And you get the Colts again. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a right. decent four-week stretch, stretch where you could make something work from that defense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Colts offense is good, but you're taking like a sack floor when you're playing the Colts because Rivers has zero mobility left. And yeah, well, the offensive line is, you know, one of the more respected ones mm-hmm. in the league. You know, Rivers can be got. So, yeah, I think so you that's can target them. And, and there's turnover opportunities, too. I mean, um, for all the, the frustration that we had with MVS fumbling and hit the catch before, Rivers nearly threw a pick six uh, mm-hmm. on their on their final possession before overtime. Yeah. That Jair just couldn't quite jump. But that was like, uh, oh, God, why did you do that as a 38-year-old quarterback? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what were yeah, you thinking? Yeah, just constant turnovers in that Packers-Colts game. Yeah. It was the game of the week, so it was probably pretty well watched among our listenership here. But uh, – but yeah, it was a lot of turnovers back and forth. So that you know that can happen. And of course, you know I hate to say it, I love Jonathan Taylor, but man, that guy loves fumbling. So you know another avenue for potentially creating turnovers against the Colts. You know I could see that I could see that being a little volatile. Was there anything more obvious than Taylor having his breakout game against the Packers defense, though? I mean, that oh, was yeah. like the most slam dunk thing you could have ever yeah. seen occur. Yeah, right after the best Naheem Hines game of the year. Is, that, is. that pretty much locked it in, you yeah. know? <laughs> that's true. That's, that's a good So, point. yeah, when everyone was starting Naheem Hines and maybe thinking about benching Taylor, that's when it was going to happen. I even, I think Jerry had a poll on Twitter where he's like, do I start Naheem Hines or somebody else? I'm like, you know, the moment you put Naheem Hines in your lineup, uh, um, JT's going to go off, and Jerry likes to call Hines the, the Tariq Cohen Award winner of 2020. Yeah, that's a as good somebody one. that yeah. uh, as somebody that never um, <laughs> that, that never produces when he's in your starting lineup, but always produces when he's on your bench. And Hines has a very similar feel to that. And man, I mean, you know, the Colts coach Frank Reich, he, he said it. He's like, oh, you know, fantasy owners are going to be frustrated. Sure, and that's what it's going to look like the rest of the season. But uh, you know, congrats to JT for coming out with that big game. I guess. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that does it for us in the Tuesday Rotoware NFL Free Agent Podcast. Uh, Wednesday, we have Jeff back in center uh, focusing on his guest, and I think Mario uh, and John will do their normal Thursday podcast on Thanksgiving, so that'll be a great listen to if you are driving to see his family. Just stay safe, everyone. That's all we care about here at Rotoware. Make sure you're spending time with your loved ones and stay safe. Uh, and be back for our Week 13 podcast, which features Buccaneers, Panthers on yes, bye. But that's, bye like, that's the last one. That's the last <laughs> yep. bye week. And we will get you prepared and set that's crazy. for your fantasy playoffs. I also believe that Andrew and Scott are going to do a special DFS Thanksgiving Day ah, podcast. Yes, so I think that's go. the schedule point that you wanted to go for. I don't know about the rest of the schedule, but I think those guys are going to sneak in and, and do a pod for your DFS players on that. Thanksgiving Day. So, uh, yeah, that'll do that. And, hey, I mean, this is the craziest year of all time, but I've got uh, college basketball. Starting on there Wednesday, we there are 100 games on Wednesday. Now, granted, 100 games, wow. 100 games. You know, it was 110 plus at one point, and I think we're only down to 88 <laughs> percent of the original schedule. Well you don't do a bubble, you're going to have some problems. You saw college football have some problems, um, but we're staying on top of it over at the uh, college basketball section of the site, and uh, hoping to give you a little DFS taste on Wednesday. You know, make some of these games a little bit interesting. A lot of these, uh, you know, the Mohegan Sun, the Empire Classic, you know, the Bad Boy Mowers, you know, crossover classic. The all these preseason tournaments are you know we don't quite have the maui invitational some of these are a little crazy but there's definitely a lot of uh, college basketball action to check out so um and i'm making a lot of it free for the first couple weeks of the season so come check it out and uh you know maybe find a new dfs sport to enjoy excellent one of the many sports to keep track of on rotoware and we had all the nba action occurring occurring earlier this week so um a lot of great things on the site again everyone stay safe have a happy holidays and we will see you next tuesday get you ready for your fantasy playoffs 